<laughs> to celebrate Black History Month. And he was like, stop celebrating Black History Month and just learn history. Include Black people in the history all the time, as opposed to just doing it during the one month. I, I know how to kind of protect myself. I don't mm. put myself in certain situations. Um, I know how to scream and fight back. From experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, y'all used to fight. <laughs> no, we did. A lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling after. It really was. <laughs> Even like in our family dynamic, I feel like it kind of shaped me for like what I did like going on, like playing sports and thing of, things of that nature. Because like at that point, it made me feel kind of like I wasn't a part of the family. Mm. So then I started playing sports to be like, okay, like I'm one of y'all. You're the person that says I'm adopted. I was about to say, Chase says the same thing. It's so annoying. Like, what is, it's not your mom. She has like four kids. Are you one of them? It's weird. Let's go nice. ahead and start this one girl in the family thing. That <laughs> 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 <Like> comment. <laughs> Already started. Welcome to Cuzzo Combos. I'm Cuzzo Mandy. I'm Cuzzo Nate. And today we have my Cuzzo. But Nay's sister, mostly, mostly, because you know, you know how families are. We have cousin <laughs> Danny. Hello, 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 cousin. Hey, cuz. So, as you can probably already tell, I love my cousin. I don't know how her brother feel about her, but I love her. <laughs> I like my nephew. Well. <laughs> you gotta love you gotta love the the woman that made him you know that's true i mean she's in my wedding party and all that like the best woman or whatever so i guess I the kinda... best man yeah look at so you gave her top tier status and then was like but you know she had it <laughs> uh yeah i like talking trash a lot what can i say Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how he shows his love. Interesting. Exactly. Much love. Much love. Yeah. I don't know how he's getting married. Interesting. With that way of love. <laughs> so I feel like we should jump directly into the descendant discourse because it's already showing its head, which is we, <laughs> we brought Danny on to talk about what it was like her being the only girl. In her family. It was amazing. Next segment. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> a very different turn of events. Right. Is there a lot, was there a lot of mansplaining? Because he definitely just stepped on your toes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can only imagine. <laughs> so how was so, it? Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe we could ask a little bit more direct questions. So first, let's say... Um, on top of being the only girl, Danny's kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. She's in the middle zone, third child of four. So she started off probably having like the two older brothers who are very. I don't even know what words to say. Danny, how would you describe your older brothers? 
Aggie. Aggie. Mm, I think they're Aggie with each other, especially, yeah. 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 Yeah, I would definitely... Without Joel being there, it was definitely aggravating. Because one, it was just like, they're older. And then two, I felt bullied. I remember mm. one instance, I had like a little rag doll. And it was my favorite toy. Lulu. Yes, Lulu. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that doll to death. <laughs> her name was Lulu. She was so cute. And I carried her everywhere. And then one day, my brothers decided to argue. And then they took my Lulu doll and was like playing tug of war with it. And they broke Lulu in half. Oh. And I was so like devastated because I'm like, why? If y'all arguing, why does it have to be my toy? It's <laughs> a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I remember like the you remember Lulu, but you don't remember that you destroyed Lulu. <laughs> yeah. I mean I yeah, I don't exactly I'm oh, sorry. I remember that we me and my brother destroyed. I don't remember the circumstances of how it was destroyed. Like I don't remember what we were arguing about or why we had the doll at all. Um I just know that I remember Lulu and I remember it's gone now and we broke it. So it starts off from what I'm hearing to be that even though you were older brothers that maybe most people would think, oh, they're going to care for their little sister. They're going to watch out for her. You treated her like she was just any old body. No, 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 no. We, we built her to survive life. To survive life. Yeah. Okay. So that way, you know, she could, survive all the other real bullies out there uh-huh. but we love her i hope you don't so. raise your children like that right traumatize them first that's so what no my mom did can. that's what mom did i think it raised us to be great do you feel like you were mentally stable your nope. whole life okay <laughs> <laughs> all <Alrighty then. laughs> i'm like i would imagine that there needs to be some care put in there somewhere something to, to show some range of softness along with the hard discipline whatever or training for bullying i don't know that you should train people to be bullied i, I think we gotta teach well, then- people to stop bullying that's true. And then y'all got older and then she did the same thing to us. So like now she just hits me in the throat for absolute no in the throat. Like not in the face, like specifically in the throat. Because from childhood you guys have set the what's the word I'm precedent. Exactly. <laughs> of this is how our relationship is. Mm-hmm. And I just went with it. And now that we are older, you can't hit me. So it's like I wouldn't you you thought you were training her to retaliate against bullies and you actually trained a bully an assassin if if anything when it comes to the bullying field because now it's specifically directed towards you and it sounds like there's reason behind that like she's not just bullying any old body she's bullying the people who bullied her you're making it seem like uh 10 year old me had all this planned out and 10 year old me did not I was just, I was just living my life. That's what I was doing. I did like, you know what? You know what I think, Danielle? You know, like good life lessons. I'm going to teach her how to deal with life. I don't know what life is. At 10-year-old me, I was just, you know. Did you know you didn't want your toys broken by me? Anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I get that, you know, as a kid, you don't think about consequences, but you... I think you can think about how you want to be treated. Like it's definitely that experience 
of if you're not nice to me, I'm going to do this. That's what kids learn. They, they right. want to have friends. They want to have fun. They don't instantly want to feel tormented or aggravated or aggy. Danielle definitely, like, growing up with her and, like, I guess later on when we had, like, probably when I was a teenager, like, she said, like, hey, I didn't do this or you guys did this. Um, she definitely probably shaped the personality where, my personality where I didn't like people being left out. So, like, I would go out my way to, like, if somebody was being left out, I would go, I don't know. That's not, I don't want to say play with them because I was a teenager at that point, but like I'll go talk with them, or if there's a loner, I will like engage with them, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, try to figure out what how the other person's feeling. So, out of all of this, I think you know I became a better person. Yeah, I agree, Daniel. What were some of those moments where you were left out? Um, just in just in general, um. Because, like, in our family, it was, like, like concerning family things and going out, family nights, it was, like, majority ruled. Well, there's, like, four four males and two females. So, the majority is always going to be the male opinion. Mm. So, it was nothing directed towards, like, okay, we're going to do something that I enjoy. Or even just, like, as kids, it was more so, like, Nay and um, Jordan playing and then I would just be there playing by myself. I just wasn't included in certain things. So that was pretty much it. And like, even like they would go out with my dad and they'll go biking, they'll go paintballing and doing certain things. And it was automatically assumed that like I wouldn't want to do it. So I didn't go. Mm. And then what me and my mom did was just like, go get our hair done. And that was basically it. And I didn't even like getting my hair done. Right. I was going to say, that's not a fun activity. That's a chore that you do every six weeks because it's been instructed. Like you have to look presentable. And then they try and convince us it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My mom got excited to do our hair together. She's like, oh, Danny, it looks so nice. I'm like, okay, well, I just want to go out play outside now. And then you cut it all off. <laughs> right. And now you, you don't have hair. Now you got a nice little shape up fade situation. Well, it's not a fade, yeah. but you know. <laughs> Low cut Caesar with the deep waves. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say growing up, like I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. Like thing I would want to go to bike. Like we started to go like mountain bike riding. And I did, it didn't even occur to me that we, she wanted to go, you know? It was like, all right, she's a girl. Like, I guess she doesn't, mm, she doesn't want to do it. Like, I never even decided to ask, you know, but like looking back, I'm like, yeah, we probably should have asked. Wow. For me, like, that's, that's sad to me to hear because I grew up somewhat of an only child because my siblings weren't, were older than me. So it was very easy for me to not do things with people or anybody, but I'm like, for her to be right there in the house and it's, and it literally occurs to no one to even ask. <laughs> if she was a girl. <laughs> that was it. Sexism at its, at its finest. Yeah, I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah, I'm 100% admit it. It's, you know, it's, I, I, I don't want to blame it on anything, but it's that's just what I thought. So this, the sexism showing that it's not just assumed that women are inferior, but that they are not even considered. Well, we could have a discussion on sexism later, but that is just a beautiful point that I wanted to highlight. True. Good points. Good points. And even like in our family dynamic, I feel like it kind of shaped me for like 
what I did, like going on, like playing sports and things of things of that nature. Because like at that point, it made me feel kind of like I wasn't a part of the family. Mm-hmm. So then I started playing sports to be like, okay, like I'm one of y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I would come to visit and you guys are like, we're going to go play basketball. I, I don't know anything about basketball. I was like, I guess I'll come watch. And, <laughs> and Danny was, you know, good. She was just as good as any of the rest of you, probably better than they. Um, at that point, when she started to play sports, that's when we started to do more stuff, I guess, together. Because she would come to the basketball court sometimes with us. So Yeah, that's what I remember. So did things change when Joel came, when you got a younger brother then? No. Kind of. When he was younger, yeah. Because then it was like, oh, I have a buddy. I'm going to teach him all the things that I like. Yeah, he played with dolls and stuff. Yeah, so me and Bebby, I taught him how to braid. We played dolls. But then it got to a point, he was like, well, I'm not doing this no more. <laughs> he got a mind of his own. It was like, I don't have to. I was like, okay, well, damn. <laughs> it was nice while it lasted. A moment to have a, a little buddy that looked up to everyone. So it was like, yeah, I'll do whatever my older siblings are doing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, y'all aren't actually, that's not what I want to do. Oh, oh. Yeah. So now that that transition kind of that Nate was talking about when he became a teenager and became a little bit more aware of leaving people out, what was your transition from a child to being a teenager and then as an adult still as the only girl? Well, for most of my life, honestly, it didn't really even I didn't even realize that it was affecting me. But then it it did get to a point where it was just, like, I realized, like, how I felt. And I processed everything. And like Nate said, like, at at one point, I did vocalize how I felt. And then it got to a point where we were just, we all became, like, really close. Um, So it did get better as far as our family dynamic. Um, You vocalized it with your siblings or with your parents, too? I vocalized it with both. With this, my siblings, it was, like, a little bit easier. <clears throat> Concerning my parents, it was just, like, I don't know what. I don't know. With vocalizing it? Yeah. Mm. I it, think they thought. I think it came to off be, to them like they were bad parents. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's not what I was trying to convey at all. I was just trying to convey how I felt. I think and they took it personally. Yeah, I think they thought that they were um, very good parents. Granted, I think they are and were very good parents growing up. Um, they got comp- we got they got compliments on like how they raised us and whenever we would go out places and we were very well behaved and all that stuff. Um, but you know, it's I think it's just tough. You like you people always say you never have parents always say they never have favorites, right? Um, mm-hmm. But. I mean, that's what they say, but I think... Right, and then you tell them different, because I do that yeah, with my parents. And I, and I think that every kid always feels that some other kid is a favorite. Um, but in this instance, as far as, like, the girls growing up, it's it's more the fact that I think they could have taken a step back and realized what was happening. They kind of, like, had rules, and I think part of it growing up was just like our predicament of 
um, especially when we were when I was in high school, going in like middle school, whatever. Um, you guys being homeschooled, um, dad losing his job. I forgot you guys were homeschooled, mm-hmm. and that makes sense because I remember. I remember the time when you guys would be able to come for maybe like longer periods of time. It didn't occur to me you were there and I was at school. It was like a year, I think. It wasn't that long, was it? Yeah, we, uh, we were homeschooled for a year. Um, but yeah, uh, I feel like they did do the best they can, but it was kind of like they kind of just bunched us all together. Yeah, exactly. So like one year, even for Christmas, they got us like a GameCube. And I'm like, what are we going to do with this? I don't play video games. And then like we went to the video store and it was like, okay, guys, you guys get to choose the game. But majority rules. Mm-hmm. So it's like the game I would want, they're not going to want. And it's three against one. So What and- game would you want? <laughs> they had like girl games. What games? I don't oh, know. They could have had Sailor Moon. I, mean, I know that's maybe. a game that my friend used to have. Yeah, maybe. I mean, also, my dad didn't want us. I mean, she probably would have got that anyway because, you know, Sailor Moon was wearing a skirt or whatever. So what? he was very, like, he got GameCube <laughs> because it had a lot of family friendly stuff and uh, family friendly games. So, like, the games we got was like Mario. Yeah. Right. We got a couple of racing games. Princess Peach was wearing a dress. Like, I'm confused about the skirt part. I don't know what that means. No, like Sailor Moon. Right. But you said Sailor Moon's wearing a skirt. I mean, that's just my. I don't know. I don't know what Sailor Moon I just remember once we were in the store and I was like, oh, can we get this one? And they was like, well, no, we're going to get. They all they basically they we gave them our options and they basically had us take a vote. And obviously mine was not picked. Because mm. <laughs> it's more of like a girlish game. Um but yeah, it was just like small instances like that because it's like where majority rules, where it's three males against and one, it's it's never going to come in my favor. Right. When you were talking about being a favorite, I think with parenting, it's not always favorites. It's sometimes because I I say this with my parents, I don't necessarily think that my brother is the favorite, but mm. I do think he's spoiled. Uh, and, and that comes along with him being like the only boy and in the middle and having certain dynamics with that. So it sounds like with Danny, I don't know if she was the favorite or not, but she did get special versions of attention and treatment. And but it was on the opposite end, which is not not the best. Or or even in certain instances, she got forgotten. Yeah, I and think th- that's his own not- form of special attention. <laughs> Yeah, it was the not special attention. I think if they, you know, and they, I think if Danielle had a conversation, I'm assuming she probably just didn't know like how to vocalize it. She had a conversation. My parents would have been accommodating, but if it's more of like, hey, this is what happened in hindsight. Um, you can't change it anymore, but this is what happened. And you know, I think if if Danny spoke up, or even if any of us realized, I think it probably I know that it would have been different. But you know, all the kids were the same. There were no genders. But except when we did activities, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. That's all I can say. Yeah, 
And you know what? When I noticed that I was getting treated differently is when, like, when I got older and people would ask, like, oh, so are you the only child or do you have siblings? I'll be like, oh, I have three brothers. The automatically assumption is like, oh, you're spoiled. I'm like, no, I wish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, no, you must be. You're the only girl and la, la. I'm like, huh, is this how the average girl of the family, one girl of the family is treated? Interesting. Yeah. And that's part of why I wanted to talk about it. Cause I, I do think that's a lot of times the assumed experience, but I also think it on top of who your parents are, it also depends on your placement. I think if the only girl is like the oldest, then maybe she gets a lot of responsibility or if she's the youngest, it's easy for her to be spoiled. But with you being in the middle, it was all of the bad parts. <laughs> Yeah, mm. and even here's the twist of it all. Like, it even got to a certain because um, I guess because I was a girl, matured earlier. <clears throat> it got which to, is the trait in our family. Yeah, <laughs> it got to even a point where it was like our parents would leave us home, and I would be the one in charge. Um, and they would be like, "Okay, this needs to be done. This needs to be done by the time mm. we get back." And I'll be like, "All right, Danny, you're in charge. Let's get it done." So even with that, I still had the responsibilities of certain things. There was just no benefit. (laughs) (laughs) Until I get, until I got older, I would say. I do feel like being raised the way I was definitely made me who I am as far as being vocal, as far as loud. Probably loud. <laughs> but vocal is true too. Sometimes women, you know, going back to the sexism thing, they're not respected. Their voices are not included. And it's partially a learned trait. And with Danny, she's like, no, I had to be loud and talk over my brothers from, you know, birth. So I have no problem doing that in any room. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely feel like it did help. In the sense of helping me grow into who I am today. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like if I didn't have those situations or was put in that situation, then I wouldn't be. Like, I have been, like, promoted to supervisor positions. And I would say, like, most of that is because of how I was raised. Because I was already being left in charge. I was already being like, okay, well this needs to get done. And like telling people like, okay, who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? Cause we got to get it done by a certain time. So I definitely feel like it did. did give me great qualities as far as being an adult and going into the real world. Yeah, for sure. You have to say you did take charge and all that. I didn't. I mean, to be quite honest, I wasn't ever. I was never going to be a manager until I probably went to Cinemark. I didn't. I didn't care. I didn't want to. I didn't want to take any responsibility. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. If it got done, it got done. I just wanted to chill. Yeah. And me, on the other hand, my first job within a year and a half, I was promoted to a supervisor position. Hmm. To. I just had a little excited shiver. I'm like, ooh, boss. Like, I appreciate that. I'm, I've also never been promoted to nothing. Well, that's not true. I guess I've been promoted. But not to a supervisor. I don't tell anyone what to do, like, ever. <laughs> People also, like, say that's part of my personality. But Hey, man, everybody's got their... That's what I'm saying. Like, I think everybody's got their little niche. And um, 
I don't know. Like, I think that Danielle just, I think it was molded. I, I also like, I think like good leaders aren't, I'll, I'll stand by this. Like, like good leaders aren't born. They're made, you know, mm-hmm. even if somebody does take charge in a certain situation, we'll say like Danielle, like there is a certain way to do it or else you won't get a good response. Like right. you had to do it the right to do, tell her two older brothers the right way, how to do something, you know? Right. And, and get you guys to listen. Exactly. Yeah. So with that being said, you do feel like even though your family forgot you when it came to certain things, they respected you as well. Yeah. I would definitely say that. Okay. So out of, I'm going to be a little controversial now, out of your brothers, who's your favorite? Bebby. (laughs) There's no controversy. I say that all the time. (laughs) I'm a very honest person. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, he's also like the best one out of all of us for sure. Oh, that was a very unbiased opinion for you to say. No, honestly, I think it's very true. I think Bebby has probably got the best qualities out of all of us just by like seeing how we were and like picking and choosing. Like, okay, that seems like a good quality. Nah, I don't really like that one. Um, And then on top of that, he's also the baby. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Bebby is just very mature for his age. And he was very on top of his stuff. I think that was partly because he was raised different. Like the three of us, me, Jordan, and Danielle are pretty close in age. Like it's two years between me and Jordan. Two years between Jordan and Danielle. Four Mm -hmm. years between me and Danielle. And then there's four Four years years between between me and Bebby. Exactly. So me, Danielle, and Jordan already had a really good rapport by the time Joel was able to crawl, I would say. By the time he was able to speak, when he was like two or three, like we were already like, yeah. But I was, how old was I? If he was like two or three. Ten? Ten? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Years, That's yeah. math. Yep. Well. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, we were already. You do with money at your job? Mm. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm currently not. <laughs> But I am pretty good with math. I don't know why I couldn't do that. It's too early. It's had a long week, guys. I worked nine days straight. It was. It's been a lot. Yeah. But um. So yeah. by the time he was two and you were ten. Yeah. So like by that time, it, like he kind of it was almost like a. We were just in a different stage of life. So like he was almost kind of raised as like an only child, and my parents are in a different stage. Mm-hmm. Of life. So he was kind of raised his only child. So he did a lot of stuff by himself between the ages. I don't know. I can't say of two, but like. He did stuff earlier. Yeah. I would definitely say. Between like five and definitely his teenage years. I would say between five and 13, he's definitely had a different childhood than us for sure. Although his childhood. Yeah. But um, (laughs) it was definitely just a different childhood. Like my parents are in a different place. My mom was working. You know, it was just completely yeah. different. So. so us growing up, my mom stayed at home until like I was in sixth grade and Jordan was in eighth grade. Until Joel went to school. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, Joel was already in school. He actually, he started, she started working. He's, I think she started she, bringing it to pre-K or something. Uh, no. Life. Joel wasn't in pre-K. He was in elementary school because I'm in sixth grade. Didn't he go to Abundant Life? Joel never went to Abundant Life. It was Jordan. He and Jordan. Jordan was in eighth grade. I was in sixth grade. So you're, you you're like 11, 12. You guys are 12. like school twins, man. It's just, 
So Bebby was like seven. You deal with money at your job? No. (laughs) (laughs) So Bebby was in like second grade, but that's when mom started working. So with us, she was more like growing up. She was more definitely hands on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Bebby got more so like the two working parents. So they were a little bit more hands off than what we were raised. Yeah. So, and honestly, I would like Joel's perspective because Joel, um, he honestly, like, I feel like Joel in a sense, like it was less hands-on, but he also got away with a little bit more because of it as well. A little bit more? A lot more. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying. I feel like every kid has their own opinion on like who's the favorite. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have Joel on. You know, that's my squishy. He, he, but everything that you're saying with him, I completely relate to as the youngest that also had a completely different experience from my siblings mm-hmm. growing up feeling like an only child. My gap is even bigger. So <laughs> I legitimately was like mm-hmm. the only child. I had more, I had more cousins that I lived with that than I live with my sister. Mm. So I remember more times living with certain cousins that were also older than me, but then I don't have any memories living with my sister. That's crazy. But I mean, that's just the part, you know, that's just with the age difference and everything. So Mm -hmm. people living their lives. That's the name of the game. Mm -hmm. So before we close out Descendant Discourse, Danny, is there anything else you would like to discuss about being the only girl in your family? Nah, she good. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) All right, we did it. (laughs) I learned nothing. (laughs) The next... (laughs) Well, I I learned a lot. If, If no one else did, it was... I felt like I was interviewing, but also I was taking in a whole new experience because I, I just felt like whenever I was around you guys, I always felt like, oh, Danny's like my little sister too. Mm-hmm. And I think we probably got to have that connection of m- more time with a- another girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we had to go back to our regularly scheduled lives. And I don't know what that really looked like for her <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. One thing I will say too is that like even concerning like the rules that they had, like mm. the boys versus me was like completely different too, which made it like that's I feel like that's when I started to become frustrated and like vocalize more. It's because yeah. like they had a curfew of like eleven or twelve. I had a curfew of like nine o'clock. I'm like, what am I gonna do by nine? So, but like, all right. So, like, it's I do, and like that was a, a weird situation because me and Jordan were always together, and like when we were teenagers, right? We were pretty much always did everything together. So, I think that's why they more trusted us more. And then two, we were boys, one hundred percent. I'm not gonna say that. Um, yeah, because I'm gonna say saying you were always together. When I think about that in certain friend groups you were in, like with mm-hmm. people at the church, there were people there that were Danny's age. So it's not as if if she was there, it wouldn't be anyone for her to be with. But they didn't have actually there wasn't really. So, yeah, here's the thing. So concerning church, like the only real way we were able to ever make friends was like 
my parents had this whole rule, like, okay, if we were to spend time with someone who was not in church, they had to meet them. They had to meet the parents, um, but they never made time to do so. Mm. That was one. So, like, friends outside of church was like, <laughs> not. I didn't even try. To be yeah. quite honest, like, I, I had no friends. <laughs> I remember having one friend in like kindergarten, and because like my parents already knew them from a church, um, we were able to be friends. But then she moved after kindergarten. Who year. was that? Her name was Emily. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, she lived like down yeah, the street, yeah, yeah. and I used to go to her house. And it was only because they were Christians. And it was like so happenstance that they already knew the parents that we we were able to hang out. But then she moved. And then like concerning church, like when I was growing up in the church, they had a youth group. But the youth group wasn't for my age. It was for their age. And there wasn't like a lot of kids around my age. There wasn't. I think I don't even think there really was. any. No, it wasn't until like Dwayne came. Dwayne's your age? Oh, Dwayne Sutton. Sutton. Dwayne Sutton, Camille. Raheem. Camille's your age? Yeah, she's like probably... Camille's my age. Not that Camille, the other Camille. What other Camille? So you just ignored the other people that were... Not just Danny, but anyone around Danny's age was <laughs> irrelevant. No, it's, no a lot of it's these people, they, they have the they, same name. Yeah, they came, <laughs> but they didn't even like stay long. Um, I don't remember Camille. <laughs> I, we didn't... We, they, we, I didn't really have... The only age group I had that I hung out with was like Bebby's age, and mm. they were younger, so it's not like they could go out and do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was definitely different. So like when she was a teenager, she wanted to hang out with like kids from school or whatever. They didn't mm. really want it because you know she's a girl, she can get pregnant or raped or stolen or whatever. But I mean, you know, those are like <laughs> those are literally the reasons, and it's like it's totally. Like, I know that's why. So like, what we grew up watching was America's Most Wanted. They thought <laughs> on every Saturday night, America's Most Wanted. So they we were this, here for it. <laughs> so they literally had this perception of like, oh my God, an only girl. We have to protect her. If she goes out, we don't know if she's ever coming back. Uh, <laughs> and I think, I, I, I mean, to be fair, I do think that if you, if like, I don't know, one of us went with you, it would have been all right. The other thing too was is that you were just screaming, "It's not fair!" I mean, granted, it wasn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go nowhere. Y'all got to go out, hang out with your friends, and I was just stuck at home, just waiting. But like, if you're if you're as an adult now, you're looking at a teacher, teacher just saying, "It's not fair!" You're like, "All right, bro, chill." <laughs> it's not that deep. Uh, obviously it's not that deep for you, Mister. I'm gonna be back at twelve. <laughs> I mean that's all. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like as an adult, like I can see it, like a, scre- a teenager screaming at me. I'm like, all right, bro. Like now you're definitely not going out. You know. Wow. I d- I now I kind of appreciate my situation a little more. I had friends outside of church, and my parents did get to know people. But it, I I just had to plan things ahead of time. They'd still kind of let me go. It was never super late I, I would just go to people's houses a lot we weren't like out doing a thing necessarily it i would be at a friend's house but there'd be you know boys there i, I guess my friends weren't very threatening they knew none of well they knew i was having sex with them so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> shout out to my guy friend my fifth grade and here was the other thing like Concerning certain things that they wanted, like, I was allowed to be, like, into certain groups. So, like, in f- when I was in fifth grade, um, Nate was probably in ninth grade. 
and Jordan was in seventh grade, they had this thing at church, like a great await conference. Mm. I was too young for it. But my parents definitely pushed for me to go mm. <laughs> in fifth grade. I didn't know what sex was or anything, but I went. They made me go. But then it was like concerning other things, like they had a trip to Trinidad. I was too young to go. Oh, well, you can't go. Sorry. So for yeah, certain things they went. wanted, it I was just like, oh, went. no, you have to do this. But mm-hmm. uh, you're not too young. But for certain things, oh, no, you're too young. I think for the Trinidad trip, you have to be a certain age. It was It was like... 16 to like 30 for the great awake conference you oh not to the, be a certain age well the great the great yeah but like they didn't take ideas but i think for the for the trinidad thing you yeah. had to be a certain certain age. that was a fun trip too i wish you went i really do me too <laughs> yeah this, it sounds like there's all kinds of things that she missed out on and it was like well you can't because you know they they would give an excuse that has to do with not what it really was which was your girl you know, funny enough, this whole time um, on the Trinidad trip, I'll tell people I went to Trinidad. I was like, "Yeah, I had a great time." Not once crossed my mind why didn't Danielle go? <laughs> There's so many things that didn't cross your mind. So now, I never thought about. Do you it. feel I more prepared? No, I for if you have a daughter to Trinidad, that doesn't seem fun at all. Mm-hmm. With their sun and waters, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a drag to me. <laughs> I just Have you that. ever been to any of the islands, Danny? No. Oh, oh yeah, no. no. I can be that come with. Oh, yeah, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 no, the we places t- I've been, we've been to Georgia to visit you guys, and then I have been to England um, when we went on the family trip. And then. The new experience. My boyfriend just took me to Ohio. That was the third trip at 26 years of age. Oh, no. We got to. Okay. So. I'm going to make an to, to go place. Uh, yeah. We're going to correct this. I'm, I'm a t- we're going to go somewhere. The boys not are not invited. Home. No, you're not invited. Even at 26 years of age, going to Ohio with Chase, m- mom and dad was like, oh, my God. Are you gonna be okay? Call me this. Oh, but you do. Yeah, you knew, you knew Chase for a couple months. Right, but months. she's an adult. She gets to decide. Hundred percent. I was. That doesn't mean I wasn't worried. I just said, like, all right, be safe. How many okay, trips have you gone on with significant others? And and where all did, didn't you go to like Colorado and? Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, hundred percent. All right. <laughs> my parents weren't concerned. My parents were still concerned. They said, like, hey, call me when you land. Hey, what you doing? Blah blah blah. Women They're are still, crazy too. Yeah, hundred percent. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. I can't not be concerned about you. Me being concerned about you doesn't make me sexist. No, I appreciate the concern. I'm just saying concerning our parents, it was just like, oh, no, I don't want you to go. Oh, I would never like, say mom that. Mom and dad literally <laughs> tried to convince me for, since they found out that, like, no, this is a horrible idea. You're going to die. Oh, uh, no, I would never. <laughs> I never do that. I, my only thing is that, like, I met Chase, I think, at the mall entrance. Hey, what's up? Next week, you're going to Ohio. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> that was wild. I guess I. I don't know. Because for me, I don't know. I feel like growing up with y'all, I I know how to kind of protect myself. I don't mm. put myself in certain situations. Um, I know how to scream and fight back from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, y'all used to fight. 
No, we really did. <laughs> a lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling. After. It really was. <laughs> yeah. Dang. All right. That's fair, though. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be concerned about any of my siblings. Like, even yeah. Jordan, you know, going out wherever. Well, Jordan, I worried about him a lot more. But, yeah. Well, you can talk about all your care and worry for him when he comes on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I worried about you, little birdie. What you doing? I love you very much. What? All right, now we're really gonna get out of descendant discourse and head on over into moment in media, hey. which I've been watching. Mm. I I've been rewatching the Blacklist. Bro, I hate her so much. I love that. All show. she does is rewatch shows because like Blacklist there's so much different. stuff out there. To the- be fair, I like I like the Blacklist too. Blacklist is a really good show. There's just so many other shows. How many? How many times do you need to know it? Do you like have your own script? Do you like say uh, da, 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 as they're saying stuff? Like, why do you watch it so many times? Yes, maybe she wants to write oh a. I can't remember what the word is called, but when people are trying to get into like a certain type of show, they'll write something that's similar to that type of show. So maybe she's trying to write a little script for the blacklist. Let her study no, not at all. What it is is like I like shows with. Where the like the main characters are kind of like they're very sarcastic and kind of petty, and I feel like I just like to rewatch them. They keep he me on is point. really petty. I do have to say the man is like, amazing. and that's why you like House too. <laughs> that's House why I loved just, House. I could yeah. rewatch House all over again because yeah, the man was just point. on point with it. Yeah. The man was on his deathbed over here being sarcastic yeah. as hell, and it was just like that's okay, that's, fair. that's funny. That's fair. That's fair. All right, the blacklist is, is the really man has been in corners so many times and literally has flipped the script on people. Oh, like, I planned this this whole time. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I've never watched the blacklist. I know that it's about, I know what the blacklist is, like from watching spy movies. Mm-hmm. But what's the, and I know that he is on the blacklist and that he's trying to find other people who are on the blacklist. Actually, no. So he was just on the FBI's Most Wanted. Like, okay. He basically turns himself in and is like, well, I'm only going to work with one specific person because that's just what I want to do. Don't ask me no questions. And then he's like, <laughs> and then he's like, um, and here's, and he's like, okay, we're going to, here's the blacklist of all these criminals you know nothing about. So do you want to mm. catch them? Or do you want to put me in jail where I'm going to get out anyways? Because <laughs> you haven't been able to catch me for years. The only reason why I'm here is because I turned myself in. And then all while he's giving them criminals, he's literally building his own little empire at the same time. Mm. He's having the FBI take out his competition, more or less. While right, which is typically... You know, people talk about informants and how they're snitches and stuff, but it's usually easy for them to be able to continue doing their criminal activity because they're an informant and then they know they're not going to be charged with things. They have like a certain level of protection. Yeah. Yeah. But he takes it to like a whole other level. It's uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. And then all while this relationship he has with this agent um, we're just trying to figure out what their history is because it's like he's so invested in her and it's like why mm-hmm. and then like as the story as each episode goes on because like again the main thing is like them catching criminals in each episode it just gives you like little droplets of 
why they're connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I know, but I won't spoil it. I don't. I think I stopped watching it at a certain season, and then they came out with two more seasons, and that's why I'm rewatching it. Oh, they, uh, see, she's trying to find out what happened. Okay, that's fair. Look, yeah. There you go, being Aggie again. <laughs> and then <laughs> like, watch the rewatching it, it's like all these little details that I didn't notice before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's blowing my mind. I'm so confused, but I love it. Definitely, <laughs> That is a really good show, I'm not going to lie. So, what have you been watching? Well, I've been watching... I mean, all right, so I'm I'm just giving a different show like every week because I watch different a whole bunch of different shows, right? Mm-hmm. Um but this week I've been watching Abbott Elementary. Oh yay, shout out to Quinta. The perfect the perfect time to do it because she's been getting a lot of traction. Um I saw the the trailer for it, I was like, This is a very interesting premise. And I watched Is it? it? it it's just about some people in elementary school. Pretty much, but it's like so. When you watch like a comedy, um, like that, you have um, different personalities, blah 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 blah. It's, but it's this one's a little bit different. Like you know, everybody. It's almost like there's a stereotype for every teacher, which is a hundred percent true. Mm. It's almost like nobody, but in the common thread is that nobody cares in different ways. The teachers don't don't care in different ways about certain things, but they all care about the kids. Yeah. So it's a, I, I agree with that. It's like a good mockumentary, but none of, even though there's a stereotype for all of them, it's very true to form and not over the top. Cause when you look at the office or parks and rec, you thinking, I don't actually know these people, but it's funny to watch. Yeah. And you look at Abbott elementary and you're like, I know all of these people. Exactly. Exactly. With like a little bit of flair, but like, I like it. I think it's, I think it's really, really, really good. Um, another show, that other uh, comedian show is uh, dang it, now nah. oh, that thirty year old. Shut up, Burn Home Economics. Mm. I also really like with Topher Grace and. I didn't know he was on that '70s show. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I knew that's his like, claim to fame. <laughs> but yeah, um, but it was. Very refreshing, I think, home economics. It's kind of cheesy, but I still like it. So that's two comedies you guys could watch. I think it's really dope. What about you, Kezo? So this week I watched three different sets of documentaries. <laughs> One of them I haven't finished yet, but I watched the Janet Jackson documentary. Mm-hmm. I watched the Tina Turner documentary, which was kind of old. And I watched the We Need to Talk About Bill Cosby documentary. <laughs> ah, yeah. I wanted to watch it, but I knew I was never going to get around to it. How was that one? So with that one, it's it's supposed to be a weekly four-part series, but they kind of put all of them out available, I think, on demand. But mm-hmm. I've only seen the first two. Mm-hmm. And it is, ooh. It, it's one of those things. I already believed the women, but... Mm-hmm. They did a structural deep dive of mm-hmm. things to where, to me, it's undeniable. And then, be- because we technically are going through the stages of his career and then talking about how certain things in his career blended with the sexual assault. 
So conversations, not just with the women saying this is what happened at that time, but things that he did in his career, in his standups, talking about certain drugs that were known for being sexually arousing or enticing and then kind of saying how how it gets women going but during this entire period he's supposed to be married Mm. and you're assuming that your wife would consensually have sex with you so why would you need to give her a pill Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all this stuff uh and how his career shifted from just being a regular comedian to becoming a comedian known for education and how that navigated the way that people see him. So I got right up into the point where they were going to start talking about him on the Cosby show, which, you know, solidified his stamp in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's awkward to watch. It's definitely awkward to watch. And it's them talking to a bunch of people who have a range of feelings about him. Like the comedian that created the documentary is basically saying like, you know, Bill Cosby was someone that I looked up to and that I believe in. And I want to be able to figure out how to navigate my feelings because the thing that, that I know to be true above all else is when it became clear to the world is not when it became clear to people in the industry. Yeah. So, that even more so says to me, it's not that it was an unknown thing. It was an accepted thing. It's 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 not that it didn't happen. It's just no one cared. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. one thought it's, it was important to his legacy. And when a joke, you know, comes out about it, then it's like, no, he's not a nice person. That's when the rest of us are like, what do you mean? But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very good documentary. I would recommend it. But I would also recommend the other two. The other two that are just uplifting black women who came from really hard circumstances. Tina Turner literally picked cotton as a child. That's crazy. Grew up, you know, in a sharecropping situation. Her parents abandoning her, her abusive husband, all this stuff. And now she's, you know, living her best life in Switzerland, preparing to, you know, transition onto her next life. But, you know, not wouldn't be bothered. And Janet Jackson went through all the stuff she went through being villainized a lot of times for things that weren't within her control and she was just like yeah well I'm just gonna do my thing and you know kind of be quiet and make music because that's what I love to do yeah Yeah. so I would recommend people watch all three okay if you're especially if you're into documentaries and it's Black History Month so Watch black people talk about being black. Are you saying that Tina Turner is going to die soon? Uh, Tina Turner came out as having certain health problems. Uh, so I I don't, you know, I'm not going to predict when she's going to die, but I think that. She was picking cotton. I don't know anyone who's been ki- picking cotton. It's been a minute since people were picking, picking cotton. Yeah, she wasn't a slave. No, but she yeah. she's eighty two and yeah, she's old. she she has certain health issues. So I I think she just wanted to age 
privately and peacefully. Gotcha. In Switzerland. And peacefully. It makes sense. Makes sense. Speaking of Black History Month, mm-hmm. Nay sent me a blurb about T-Pain saying that we need to stop celebrating Black History Month and we figured we could talk about it on the podcast. Hmm. Did you you watch the video? He was basically TMZ'd. I sent it to your Instagram, but yeah, I guess you didn't want it. (laughs) So he was at the airport being TMZ'd, you know, asked questions at the airport as they like to do. Uh And they were asking him, about something else. It wasn't specifically Black History Month. They were they were asking about something else. I can't remember what it was. And then he was saying how... Oh, they were asking him about the HBCUs that had bomb threats sent to them. And he was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's what they want to do. And he's like, isn't that sad that, you know, they kept the kids from learning? And he's like, yeah, that's... Isn't that how it all started? They didn't want Black people to learn. constantly trying to stop their education Mm -hmm. but you know that's how it goes so then the tmz interviewer asked him what can white people do (laughs) to celebrate black history month and he was like stop celebrating black history month and just learn history include black people in the history all the time as opposed to just doing it during the one month i agree i definitely agree Growing up in America, where it's like, it's literally that month only that you learn about what black and like being an adult now, like just looking into information, it's like you really see how black people did have like a very, what is the word I'm looking for? Contributions. Yeah, they contributed a lot concerning how we live life today. And it's like, even during Black History Month, you don't learn about any of that. You learn about the main people every year. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman. Washington Carver. Yeah, but it's like, there were people who helped, like, until that movie... um, What's the movie called? Where the women were intricate in um, hidden figures. Hidden figures. Until that movie came out, I would have had no idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Until Madam C.J. Walker, um, that movie came out as well. You probably heard. I heard of her, but her whole story. We just heard. Oh, she. I didn't even hear hear that she was a millionaire in her time. Yeah, that was the most shocking thing to me. All you knew is that oh, she changed the hair for black people. She yeah, or like context of what that time was. I think that's the problem I always have with Black history. You learn about certain people, and I think it's easy to be able to place when. Harriet Tubman was, you're like, okay, she freed slaves. So it's probably around the 1800s. And you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, I know who Martin Luther King was. It's probably around this time because it was the civil rights movement. But for everyone else, like Madam C.J. Walker, you don't have context to say she was doing this at the same time that this person was a president. And she met this other significant uh, person. Like I think she met like a Rockefeller or something. So yeah. if, if we're talking about the Rockefellers, it, you can also then have context to talk about Madam C.J. Walker. Yeah. 
And for her to want to be a woman in that time and then two to be a millionaire, it's like mind blowing. And mm-hmm. then like even um, other things like the whole thing of the pads, a black, a black woman came up with that. It's just like certain things that we still use in day to day, like black people contributed towards. And we like, unless you look it up yourself, you would have no idea. It's very limited in schools about black history and how mm-hmm. much have contributed and how much, even for the times that they were in to contribute and be in the places that they were, it's just like, it would honestly give people hope. And I feel like that's probably why they don't. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think that's, I think that's kind of what T-Pain is saying is like, you know, just do history. Tell the truth. And pretty much. <laughs> and it's full entirety, honestly. And that's like, really what you it is. Can't, you can't cram a whole bunch. You can't cram enough. Really within that one month, yeah, month. yeah. It shouldn't be a month. It started off as a good idea, and I get it, um, but it it shouldn't have like it should be a should have been a, the Black History Month should have been a starting point. It shouldn't mm-hmm. have been a continuation of what it is today, which is why you know I think white people will probably resent us because like hey why do black people get a month why don't we get a month blah blah blah, blah. Well, they need a month. yeah i know i know that my point is, <laughs> is you know when they have when they we, if they have the ability to say stuff like that you know i think there's something wrong with the system and i think that it should just be a thing of like hey guess who made this guess who made that you know it yeah should just be like like the same way that um thomas edison invented all this stuff Mm-hmm. You know, you know George Washington Carver should get the same credit, and um, not yeah. just in Black History Month. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like everybody knows who Thomas Edison is because he invented the light bulb. Yeah, yeah. and even in context of certain subject matter beyond history, so that's a good example that you give. We'll talk about Thomas Edison maybe in science class, but will we talk about George Washington Carver in science class? That would that'd be a good place. And he yeah. was, yeah, he was also a scientist, right? And and the same with the you know Catherine Johnson and the people from Hidden Figures. It makes sense to talk about them maybe in math class because that they were doing a whole bunch of math, mm-hmm. like yeah. bringing people, black people, or you know whomever in the context of their actual contributions beyond just history. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everything they did in the world. I, I don't necessarily agree with getting rid of Black History Month because it reminds me of when people say they don't celebrate Valentine's Day and you should love people every day of the year. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't. Like, let's be, should we? Should we be nice to people all the time? Should we show our loved ones we love them all the time? Yes, but sometimes you, it's not bad to have a special day to, to say I love you in case you forgot on a different day. So I, I feel like it doesn't hurt to have both. I think people feel like that highlighted time means that you don't have to do it any other time. Exactly. And that's what it's become. That's, I mean, that's the only part that I think a lot of people hate about is it's been like, all right, you guys got a month. That's it. Your president was black that four, the eight years. That's it. You know, yeah. racism is done. Y'all got a month and a black president. We good. 
We're even. We're even. <laughs> I know we've been this, this just... it for years to move up, but y'all made it. Y'all here. We see you. I know you still don't have the same job opportunities, and, and you might experience racism here and there. You might get shot by cops, but <laughs> we're even. We're even. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think if you talk about certain aspects of history and how it affects people in in the normal education process, then you can use the Black History Month and the Asian Pacific Islander Month and the um, Latin American Heritage Month to actually highlight good things. Because Black History Month, if we have to spend so much time talking about slavery and the civil rights movement, then we don't always get the time to just talk about all of the fun, nice, exciting things that happened or just culture, which yeah. I think would be a good thing to highlight during Black History Month, contributions to culture. But instead we have to talk about, you remember when your life was sad? And <laughs> there's context for that. When, yeah. If you're going to talk about World War II, you should talk about how Asian people and Jewish people were put into concentration camps and stuff like that. I mean, so then you don't have to talk about it during their cultural months because that's not a positive part of their culture. And slavery and being discriminated against isn't a positive part of Black history. There's other things we'd probably like to highlight and continued areas where we are contributing that we'd probably like to highlight. Yeah. So with that being said, I did want to say something, even though it's sad and maybe not the best thing to end the podcast on. But I want to say rest in peace to Amir Locke. Uh, When I woke up this morning, I found out that another unarmed black man was murdered in his home, sleeping on his family's couch during a no-knock warrant where in Minneapolis. Oh, no, that was just in... I thought I was going to say, I thought all of those were banned. Which is a conversation that was had by a woman at a press conference with a police representative and I think an elected official that they were trying to make rules around no-knock warrants. But uh, that may be a different city than what happened with... um, Brianna Taylor. So I don't get the no knock warrants. Like, I, I mean, granted. All right. So, like, in re- the the thing with Brianna Taylor, right? No knock warrants. You're selling drugs. Why are you doing no knock warrants for selling drugs? Why can't you do it for something that's actually like real life serious? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It would be serious, like a murderer. I don't know. Like, why do you need no knock warrants? Um. I, what happened to the days where you could, there's somebody on the speakerphone? We surrounded the building. Come out. <laughs> out. Why can't you just do that? Nah, you're just gonna surprise them. Well, if you watch the body cam footage, for those that you know, trigger warning for those that feel like they're able to do so, it's it's really not disputable what happened. Like the police came in with a key, and then they announced that they were doing. That a warrant search, and then one of them immediately started shooting. What? He was wrapped up in a blanket on the couch, and one police officer was saying, get on the ground, and another was shooting while the officer was saying, get on the ground. So 
there was no opportunity for Amir to act in compliance with the police before he was being killed. Yeah. That's a whole issue issue in itself. <laughs> That's crazy. And it was confirmed that he was not the target <laughs> of the warrant. So, which is part of the reason why I don't understand the no knock warrants. You know, like you're you're just going in there to find a body, pretty much. Like you're not asking who anybody is. You're just going in there, just assuming. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, like if the person, let's just say. Right? Like, the police came here with a no-knock warrant. I decided to go to the store. They're going to come in here and, like, see my sister. Like, I just so happen to not be there. Like, that's stupid to me. You're not asking any questions. My, the purpose of the, to me, it defeats the purpose of arresting somebody. My, que- my question is, is how are they getting it wrong? Like, what information do they have to get a no-knock warrant on the wrong place? Or, and, like, it's not, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was the wrong place. I just, because again, it was there was action happened before there was any real communication or even search. He was in the living room sleeping on the couch. So as soon as they came in, he was the first visible person. Did they find drugs? <laughs> Not to my no. No, so to me it was the wrong place. <laughs> so how, what information did you have to even be there in the first place? Is my question. Google. <laughs> Where this does John like Smith live? Hey, can I get a warrant for this chance? A black person lives here? Okay, I need a warrant. Pretty nice. It must be suspicious. They can afford rent there? Like, if you're going to get a no-knock warrant for Al Chapo, alright, bro, I get Understandable. it. Understandable. I get it. But if this man, if this man don't even got drugs, that means he ain't even moving that much. You know what's crazy to me <laughs> is that police, when they know there's a criminal, they've been chasing them for years, will will act more in a way where it's like a legal matter than for someone who's smaller, which makes no sense to me. Yeah. If you know this person has been doing all, and you have evidence of it. You have to get them on a particular thing to arrest them and get mm-hmm. a warrant. Mm-hmm. But someone else, it, that to me, that makes no sense. <laughs> well, I think it's time to go. <laughs> well... That's gonna be. We're gonna have to pick up that discussion at another time. So yeah, as I guess more information comes out, <laughs> we'll further discuss this in the weeks. But um, I hope we get to just also highlight some positive things to happen in Black History Month. Mm-hmm. We'll have to work on that next episode. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I want to say thank you to Danny. For coming on to Cuzzle Convos. You're our first guest. Ooh. Don't I feel special? And I'm excited to have more of our family members on. I've already started asking people, hounding people (laughs) to come and talk about their experiences (laughs) as a cousin. So hopefully we'll have you again soon. Can you just say that last part again? (laughs) 
Hopefully, we'll have you again soon. All right, no, back that up. Like, say oh. the first guess. I guess say the whole day. Okay. Part. Again, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank Danny for coming on. You're our first guest. Um, I've already started contacting more of our family members to come on, so we'll have more Cuzzo combos with them. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon. We can just talk about all kinds of things, not just being the only girl. Yeah, I would love to come. It was fun. Yay. So... You can find us listeners on Instagram and Twitter at Cuzzo Combos, where you can engage with us, access questions, send your cousin experiences, just comment on the show. We would appreciate the feedback. This ends Cuzzo Combos. We thank you for joining our family, and we'll see you next time. Eee.